Ladies and gentlemen, we're in, we are here for our third part of our massive eighth generation <laughs> of video games podcast. Whew. We're here for the third part. This is the grand finale. <clears throat> this is the one where you know we're putting all the all the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. You're gonna figure out you know who your favorite. And of course, spot is just from this alone. You're definitely going to figure out who your least favorite one is. <laughs> and if it's not me by the end of this, I have done something wrong. <laughs> so uh, I am here with Virginia Raven. What's up? We've also got Al, the Red Lanyard. Baby. <laughs> We've got the incomparable editor in chief, Jacob Vance McCarty Hardesty. Hello. Immaculate. And immaculate. <laughs> and, and then I'm leading tonight. I'm the wise sage Josh, and uh, we are we're here to talk about our top five video games of this generation. Ooh. This is controversial. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The biggest controversy so far Ooh. has been has been keeping. I don't know why we're getting random random sounds from from Al, but you know, just this happens. He's, he's, he's really excited. He's uh. he's just amped. He's just you know. Yeah, um, but uh, the biggest controversy so far has been the fact that I've told them no honorable mentions. They've got to do a top five, okay? So five. honorable mention is a top six. I want a top five. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the point. So this is, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I, I want a top five. Okay? <laughs> so uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited about this uh, top five of this generation. Uh, who wants to start? Who wants to go first? Josh, I think you should. Yeah. This is your honestly. baby. This is my, this is my yeah. baby. It's my baby. Yeah. It's my baby. Real, real quick, like. Right, here we go. I, I no no I'm 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 dead I'm dead I'm dead serious no 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 we we have we've done two full podcasts without actually saying this um this was Josh's idea this is something that he has been working on for no no I'm going to this is something he's been working on for quite a few months he's been really working really hard on this um and and in the in the same way that I would consider Horror Fest to be Al's uh, baby, um, oh, baby, I would consider this podcast to be Josh's baby. And uh, yeah, and uh, Josh, we can't thank you enough for this. This, is, this has been a blast today. Yeah. Well, um, well, good. I'm 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 glad it's been fun, and uh, we're gonna go off a bang. And yeah, I'll start off. I don't yep. care. Start off. And, uh, so start with number five. Um, for me, my number five had to be a game that when I played it was when I realized video games were stepping up to another level. So I want to talk real quick about the past of this game. So in the very first God of War, within, mm. within, <laughs> within, 20, within 20 minutes. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Uh, Al is making predictions on what our Al's top five are. So, I'm 0 for 1. For <laughs> okay. Keep going. Within 20 minutes of the very first God of War game, if you ever played it, there's a there's something that happens. Okay, one of the, Really, one of the first things that you can do is you walk in on two naked women and you hit square to have sex with these women. Excuse me. It is you hit circle. Um, to have sex. Jacob remembers. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let that okay. simmer. <laughs> what is it? What is Circle it? is the action button. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. As funny as that is, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a downer right now. The very first thing you do in God of War from PS4 is you chop down a tree, 
for a burial pyre. Yep. And there's a moment where he chops down the tree and he looks down and the camera pans and you immediately notice his blades are gone. And at that moment, that is Sony Santa Monica telling you that we're growing up. This is something new. Mm-hmm. And so God of War, God of War for the PS4, um, to me was was a a near perfect game. Mm-hmm. I would say basically any all my top five games are near perfect, but God of War uh, is one of those games that um, if you are a fan of the video game medium and you haven't played God of War, I don't know what you're doing. Like I really don't because the game is a masterclass in not only storytelling but also in incorporating brand new gameplay ideas to a game that in my opinion already had pretty good gameplay ideas. The God, the my view of the God of War games on PS2 and PS3 was never the gameplay. The gameplay is pretty awesome in all those games, but the storyline is so ridiculous and over the top and just like you know, has all these weird, you know, David Jaffe moments of just like, he's the creator director, but I mean, of, of the first three, but like just these weird moments where it's really hard to take the, take the game seriously, even though it's telling a semi-serious story. But this game implores you to take it seriously and implores you to look at Kratos, a beaten down warrior, a guy who was, who was victorious and it killed him. And literally, he's trying to start a new life. And the relationship uh, between Kratos and his son Atreus is one of the best relationships I've ever seen in a video game. And you see it grow organically. You know, Atreus is a very fiery uh, young boy, but he's also been raised by his mother. So he's very much in touch with his emotions, which Kratos is not. And so one of the more brilliant aspects of this game is that you know, whereas, yes, it has, I think it has really good fights. I think it has really good boss fights, particularly some of the Valkyries. Uh, the fight against uh, Thor's sons is really good. Um, I would even, the last boss battle gets some heck, but I even think that's a good one, particularly for the, uh, particularly because of the uh, the giant being raised at the end. <laughs> Everything just like, it, it just goes so over the top. Um, but the idea of, the thing that I take the most from this game is this moment where Atreus is half dead and, you know, he's dying and Kratos is carrying him in this elevator and pacing back and forth. And it's the first time in any game that you see Kratos worried. And to me, that's the power moment. Just, just, just sheer desperation. Um, so God of War, is, is my number five. There's a lot of fantastic games that got left off this list, but I just don't think it's possible for me to leave God of War off this list. It's it's near perfect in its in, in its execution. So, um, I feel like God of War is going to come up again. <laughs> but um, Possibly. But, uh, so I'll, I'll leave some more Try to leave some stuff for other people yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. I'll leave some discussion there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah. Jake, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Okay. Um, so right. number five. My number five. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, first I just want to say that, you know, the games that were cut from the... No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um... Because we're, because I mean there are a lot of fantastic games, but for me, I I kind of was with Josh. I kind of had to choose a game that 
made me feel something. And that that was all f- all five of of these games have a deep emotional connection to me. Um, and so number five for me is 2018's Marvel Spider-Man. <laughs> Over two. Um, so. <clears throat> So <laughs> over two, but on both occasions, I'm getting coverage on the list. Okay, okay gotcha. This <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, so as I'm sitting here in Al's apartment, staring at different various Spider-Man things. Oh yeah, I have um, like 18 in this room. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, Marvel Spider-Man is a game that. Not only is it a fantastic superhero game, not only is it a fantastic Spider-Man game, it's just a fantastic video game just in general. Um, we already talked about in this in the second podcast how that world is so fully realized. Um, the way that they were able to make Manhattan really come to life um, in a way that, in my opinion, no other game has really done it as well. Um, I mean, you know, I, I know that Division... Uh, Ubisoft tried to use, you know, uh, one-to-one scales uh, models for for everything. However, you know, in that you have a world that has been destroyed, basically. With Spider-Man, you don't get that. You don't. Uh, Insomniac did not have that luxury, <laughs> so instead they had to make a fully realized world where you can interact with multiple people on the streets. Uh, if you walk instead of swing, you will randomly hit, uh, see little uh, triangle. Uh, Action uh, buttons come up, and you like high five people. Mm-hmm. Spider Man's talking to people, you know, as he's passing. It's it's really one of the more impressive games I think I ever played. Um, but the thing is, it's like even more so than that. There are so many story beats and so many moments in that game that stand out with me and stick with me still to this day. Um, at the risk of possibly stepping on toes for people talking about this later. Um, I don't know if I've ever had more fun with a boss fight slash frustration than uh, fighting Vulture and Electro at the same time um, towards the end of the game. Um, Because what ultimately happens is you, as Spider-Man, are trying to get them to fight each other. And that's... I... Al, as, as, as the avid Spider-Man fan, would you say that there is a more accurate description of how Spider-Man fights the Sinister Six? No. I mean, that's the that's the thing. And that's why it works so well. I remember the first time I played that game, I was like, man, this is really cool, but there's not really a whole lot of boss fights. And then literally the last, like, it's a 15% of that game is, uh, yeah, uh, it's just a gauntlet. It's, it's just, you know, boss fight after boss fight after boss fight. It's like, oh, don't worry. We've got you. Just wait till the end. And it's just, at the risk, I, I don't want to give away too many story beats because it no, is still... No, actually, uh, I'm going to say right now, full spoilers uh, for all games because... You know... Big. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay, anyways, uh, I cried. Yeah, I mean, when... when Because the thing is, it's like, they they captured every new... When, when, when all the reviews were like, you really feel like Spider-Man, it's because they capture every nuance of Spider-Man in that. It's not just the... The classical, you know, makes you feel like Batman. You know, makes you feel like Batman. You know, oh, it's as hard as Dark Souls. You know, it's it's not that. It's literally between you trying to get the Sinister Six to fight themselves, all the way up to the finale where Peter has to make one of the most selfless decisions, really in video game history, in my opinion. Um, you know, to either save Aunt May, you know, 
or to save the entirety of the city. That's a decision that, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you, no other superhero game and few other video games in general have ever, have ever put the character so well to a video game, in my opinion. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's other great games that have definitely probably elicited more emotion or things like that, or other superhero games that have done really well with the mechanics of it, but to me, the best superhero game of all time, and the, and one of the best games of all time, and definitely one of the best ones for the last generation is, and always will be, Marvel Spider-Man from 2018. So, that's my number five. Sorry if I ranted a little bit. Proceed. <laughs> no, that's good. That's uh, a good one. Jenny, we'll take your number five next. Yeah. Um, because oh. I won't be as long-winded as Jacob, because especially That's, with this mm, game. I wasn't as long-winded as Jacob. <laughs> mm. But uh, number five for me, and this was very hard, uh, is Hyrule Warriors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Again, getting coverage, but not in the places I <laughs> Um, wow, that's that's lower than I thought it would be. <laughs> well, it's it's because like it is as good of a game as it is. You know, it doesn't have the story that you mm, know. Okay. So it's you know it does, but it doesn't. Like I don't know, but it's it's just a very fun game. Um, I mean, anybody, even if you aren't a Legend of Zelda fan, if you play that game, you're gonna have fun. Like it's just the way it is. I don't know why you want to be a Legend of Zelda fan, but whatever. Um, but uh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's okay. that's my number five. Um, I love it. You have all the great aspects of like Dynasty Warriors games, but with Legend of Zelda characters, which in my opinion is way better. But whoops. Mm. But <laughs> whoops. Yeah, that is she says. <laughs> That is a whoops. You can't. You can play as Midna in Hyrule Warriors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love Midna. Yeah, and that's really cool. Uh, princess or something? Is yeah. it now? Is she in the main game or is she DLC? Because I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a joke. <laughs> I really don't remember. We got her so early. I think she's in the. I think, the, I think, I think she's, she's in the main game. game. I think she is. Because I know if you get if you get it on the Switch, that's the definitive edition that has like everything unlocked already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I've been meaning to, because I, I I played a little bit of it, but I have not I'll beat it. I'll fact check that. Yes, please, please. The fun thing about that game is, of course, like you could play that game time after time after time. You know, yeah, and that's, that's for, for fun. Sure. Which, honestly, my entire top five is that way. But, no. but this one especially, you know, or if you're just like, I don't know, for me, you get home from work and you just want to like, Smash some stuff. Yeah, that's really nice. That's to do that. that's really a good thing with all the Warriors games <laughs> is that there a lot of them are just you know mindless is the wrong word because that sounds rude, but it's just you just jump in you're just like I just want to play and yeah. I just want to just have fun yeah. with it. Yeah, you know, swing swing ball and use however. Yeah, mm-hmm. blue dragon or the master mm-hmm. sword or the master sword mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or a giant orange hand from Minda's head yes. you know yeah. Yeah, all kinds of craziness. Figure it out now. Fact checking boy, what we got? Possibly. Possibly? Okay. A lot of it does not sound right from when I played the game. I remember... Um, I played it on Switch. Um, then you, you had the definitive edition anyways. Yeah. So, okay. So, according to this website, um, the DLC PAX characters for Hyrule Warriors, the first one, were... Aaron, 
M A R N. Um, Tomb Zelda. Okay. Ravio. Okay. Inkle, who is my favorite character from Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I love Inkle. Um, Toon Link Tetra, uh, King Daphne's and Skull Kid. Um, Edley from uh, Wind Waker. Um, yeah. And Shadow Link Skin. He wasn't a new character. But he was Shadow Link. Yeah. They added a lot to that. I need to hmm. wow. okay. yeah. add that to my Christmas list. That's a, that's a good one. I, I don't think you have that game. I don't think no. I... Never going around to buying it. Yeah, I know, right? I don't think I unlocked all the characters in that game because I did not know half of those DLC characters right. existed. It's crazy. Wow. I've got a lot more time to put into Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. <laughs> it's a while. That's a three-year-old game, guys, and we're still putting more hours right. into yeah, it. So, you know. Yeah. Al, number five, man. That's me, baby. Um... So this is the only. Um, I have my own mental list for you. I just I'm not writing it down. This is the <laughs> only um, shooter on my list. Mm. Um, I knew I wasn't gonna have a lot of shooters on my list because I just don't play a lot of shooters anymore. Don't have anything against them. They just start the kind of games I gravitate to right now. Um, but I knew it was gonna be one of two shooters I wanted on this list. And those two games are within the same franchise. But I ended up going with, for my number five spot, Doom 2016. Okay, all right. Um, over Eternal. Over Eternal. Over yeah. Eternal, okay. Um, Eternal's a fantastic game. If you ask me, like, a week from now, I might have Doom Eternal in here instead of Doom 2016. Um, the key thing for me was that... Um, was that... First of all, the story in Doom 2016 feels a lot feels a lot more contained and a lot more grounded than the one um, in Doom Eternal. Um, they do a lot of wild stuff on the Doom Eternal, especially if you get into uh, the DLC campaign stuff. Um, they do a lot of really wild story stuff with that board. Uh, but Doom 2016 felt small enough to really process and digest. Um, it felt, um, it felt big so that you could kind of lose yourself in it, but not big enough to where you kind of feel obligated to, like, go online and, like, read additional lore or anything like that. It just felt like it's its own game, just like, this is what we have, you can absorb everything you need to absorb in one playthrough of it. Um, however, in addition to that, um, the combat, um, the gun mods, um, different weapon types, and strategies for defeating different enemies, um, it added a lot of uh, a lot of depth to the game, a lot of replayability, to the point where I don't usually do this with games, but after I beat June 2016 for the first time, I went back and did a completionist run where I did all the challenges, I got all of the collectibles because it was just um, such a fun game to play. And it's very rare that I do that with games in general, let alone FPSs, where um, challenges and stuff like that are very arduous to complete. Um, it never felt like a chore. Um, I played on higher difficulties. Um, they never felt unfair uh, while still 
really challenging, um, which is something I can't really say for Doom Eternal. Well, that's a big thing for all games, um, too. But, um, <coughs> but yeah, my number five is Doom 2016. Excellent I think, game. I think that's an interesting pick. You know, I mean, uh, Doom, Doom 2016, it, and it was a... It was a landmark game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, I will readily admit I don't understand the fascination with Doom, but, you know, it's Doom. okay. It's a good Christian game. Well, in fairness, you are going to hell and blowing up demons. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're so precious uh, to kill demons. I, 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 had a, I had a Pentecostal dude one time tell me, yeah, he was a big video game guy, and he was, he was one of his favorite games was Doom, and he was like, Doom gets a bad rep. You're blowing up demons in hell. There's nothing more Christian than that. And he was serious. So it's like. True. Going you know, to crusade to hell. There you go. <laughs> you know? I was like, I don't think that's how that works. In the context of of human hubris, like there's yeah. there's nothing more biblical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're not wrong. You're not. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so that gives me the four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, number four for me. Okay, I want I want you to imagine that um, because we've taken so many shots at Zack Snyder over the years. I want you to imagine that one of his super fans comes and kidnaps you. And then he says, okay, dude, you think you know so much? Well, here's the deal. I've got a guy here who has never played a video game in his life, and you have to teach him about video games using only video games. I still have faith that this is going to somehow lead back to Persona 5. (laughs) (laughs) We have to teach him about video games. Using only video games, and he's got to take a test at the end of it. If he fails that test, you're going to die. What game would you give him? I have no idea where you're going with this analogy. I'd probably just spit on him because he's a Zack Snyder fan. I don't really know. Well, you'd give him Super Smash Brothers. Uh, oh, okay. And the reason you would is because there's never been a video game that deals with the history of video games better than that game. Uh, literally, if you were teaching a class on video games, this would be one. This would this is your one-on-one game. No game has more stuff in it that's in celebration of video games than Super Smash Brothers. That's fair. That's and fair. one of the one of the things it's one of the reasons why I've kind of flipped. I didn't used to, I didn't want Master Chief in there, but now I'm really hoping somehow they get Master Chief in there because once you get Master Chief in there and maybe Crash Bandicoot, there's not a overwhelmingly uh, iconic character that's not in that game if you have those two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's well, in that yeah. thing. And, uh, and and then you add on top of that that this is probably the tightest Smash Bros. they've ever put out. I know a lot of people like Melee, but man, I think this is the closest that they've gotten to making a game that is uh, you know as fair and as balanced uh, as as any as, as a game. I, I, I mean, I, I know we're thinking of the Scarlax more, but like <laughs> But but and by the way, by well, we the all way, knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. <laughs> exactly. But but I have to I, I have to go on my hot take here as well on Smash Brothers. And here's the deal: Smash Brothers has gotten a lot of has gotten a lot of bad rap lately because Nintendo has basically done everything they can to keep it out of the tournament scene. And Nintendo's concept of this, and whether you agree with this or not, but Nintendo's reasoning for this is that the tournament scene in fighting games is horrific and misogynistic and, like, just really, really toxic, okay? And Smash Bros. is there. And the other thing, in my opinion, is that I think the developers of Super Smash Bros., I mean, I think they're looking at this game and going, 
We spend all this time putting all this crazy stuff in here so that you can go and play on Final Destination with no items and nothing on there, you know, and we spent all this time putting this in there. Smash Brothers should not be devoid of the insanity of the game. The insanity of the game is the game. You know, it is it is a game where mm-hmm. you throw a Pokeball and you see a Snorlax go up in the air and you're like, okay, I've avoided that. And the Snorlax comes back down four it's sizes bigger. too bigger <laughs> and knocks you off the stage. And if you don't know that's coming out, you know, then the, you know, like it's it. it part of the game. It's true. That's it's just true. part of the game. It's true. Um, but it is it, to me. There's very few games that are more fun than Super Smash Brothers, mm. and there's also very few games that are as easy to pick up and play as Super Smash Brothers, um, because you can be really, really bad and grab, you know, a, you know, grab the super scope and just go to town on people, mm-hmm. or you can be really, really bad and grab a hammer. You know, and you're right back in the you're game. You're probably gonna get someone. So yeah. to me, that's that's something that's special. You know, and it and Jake, you were talking about couch co-op games. It's one of the last yeah. couch co-op. Yep. Couch, it's not a co-op game. But it's one of the last couch games. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and it's a perfect party game. There's very few games I've I've put more hours into than Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So it's my number four. Jake, what's your number four? All right, piggybacking right after that. My number four is also Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, <laughs> and uh, how you doing, Al? So close. <laughs> um, like Josh said, I mean, it's, it is a it is not just a history of Nintendo, which is what really the first, I'd say, three games were. Um, but with this, it, it is a history of video games in general. Um, like, and, and then, like you said, you know, Master Chief, Crash Bandicoot. I, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, would love to see Sora or Riku in the game. I don't think that would happen because Square is kind of weird about their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, you know, like, when you think of iconic video game characters, pretty much everyone that you would mention would be in that. Um, even someone as weird and as random as like Rob or Duck Hunt, you know, who are big characters hey, to a Rob lot of. Rob and Duck Hunt are big parts of video game history. I understand that, but when you contract, but but that but that's the point. Is like, you know, those are characters that there is no point in your life before that hat before he came out that you were like, I bet Duck Hunt's going to be in a fighting game one day. There is never going to be a point. I mean, I'm sure. I I don't blame you. You know, Um, but even even to the point where uh, Sakurai and the rest of the team and the rest of the team working on on the game have done so much with this. I'm with Josh. Like, there's nothing to me. There's nothing more annoying than the Final Destination. No items. You know, just Fox versus Fox. You know, like. As much as I don't care, and and for the record, that is nothing against Fox. I love Fox. Um, that's something get the stage Final Destination. Final Destination has a really cool backdrop. But the thing is that there's so much in that game from a historical standpoint that it's honestly rude if you do, if you if you play that way. In my opinion, um, I'm not trying to overtly call out any of the Smash Brothers people, you know. Um, it's okay, you can call them out. But but at the same because because I met some who were actually very nice, and then I met some who were the direct opposite of that. Um, I the only online tournament I ever did. I played one match, uh, and it was in Smash Brothers. And then I immediately left and have not picked up an online tournament since because it was, it got very toxic very quick. Um, and that was just in, an, in a Nintendo Open. It wasn't even in like a major scene or anything yet. Um, 
But but speaking of the Smash Bros. in general and how and the, how good it is, you know, you Josh, you mentioned you said this is probably one of the tighter ones they've ever they've ever made. Even though everyone still does love Melee, and I love Melee, I do understand. You know, I understand the merits of all five games being awesome. Um, but with Ultimate, you know, there's so much that you can just okay, pick up the controller. Okay, this button jumps. This is your main attack. This is your special attack. Have fun. Versus, you know. You can go online. You can look up the stats. You can look up, you know, the different uh, moves that they can do. Um, prime example is the second newest character uh, that was released in the fighter pack is Min Min from Arms. I still don't know how to pro how to properly play her because she plays entirely different from any other character in the game. And the thing is, is like Smash Brothers has the ability to wear, you know. If you pick up any other fighting game, you know, you've got, okay, this is kick, this is punch, this is, you know, heavy punch, you know, this is block. And you can maybe, maybe, you know, figure out your way through a, through a couple combos, you know, if you played another character. With Smash Brothers, you have to learn pretty much every character if you want to. Or you can just keep hitting A and B and random sequences and just seeing what happens, you know? That's that's kind of the way that the game is played half the time. Because here's the thing, if you're Sonic or Bowser Jr., there's no telling how many times you've run off the side of the, of, of the stage because you hit no left or right B. I've done it multiple times. I feel like everyone in this room's done it multiple times, you know? I mean, I... I, I cannot talk enough about Smash Brothers. I, I could do an entire podcast about why Smash Brothers works. Um, you know, and I've, and according to my Switch, I have logged multiple, multiple hours into that game. Um, I'm still learning things about that game. I just beat the World of Light a month ago, and that game's been out almost two full years. And, and it's not that I haven't been playing the game. It's that I've just been playing. There's so much to play. Mm. You can do the entire World of Light. The classic modes are really cool because they're all like designed around the character. The coolest thing I ever witnessed in the game was the first time I played a classic one, mode was with uh, one of the Belmonts. And all of a sudden, Dracula shows up at the end. And it's, and it's an actual boss fight. That's awesome. That's mm. so cool. You know? And every, every one is set that way. And they have different rules and everything. It's... It is truly a, a museum of video game history, you know, in one little cartridge. And that's why and that's why it's number four. And, you know, if it wasn't for my top three being such a strong top three, it'd be higher, you know. But uh, but yeah, that's like before I continue ranting on and just rambling about how great Smash Brothers is, I'm going to move move it on to Jenny for her. Well, number I, four. I'm going to throw in real quick because neither one of us mentioned it. I'd love for you to mention, but. Also, uh, the sheer amount of music in this game. Oh my gosh! Yes, get for free uh, is is astounding. So uh, you know, you're basically you, you also get you know all of your favorite songs from all of your favorite games. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I just go on there and listen to uh, Lost in Thoughts all alone, mm -hmm. uh, just when I'm feeling very pensive. And that's a Fire Emblem song. Yeah. So there you go. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jenny, number four. Um, mine is Pokemon Go. Sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, I already kind of talked about it a bit uh, in a couple podcasts ago, I think. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have that one on there? You didn't have it on there? No. Um, but uh, it's just, it's one of the, I mean, I've played it for four years. I've left it, come back. You know, it's still solid. Um, 
you know, it's one of those games you can talk about with your friends. Like, it's just, it's just fun. It's just mm. a really, really solid game that uh, I think um, it's it's very original and it's there's nothing else like it in this generation. I think. Um, so yeah, that's that's my number four. Yeah, I think I think Pokemon Go is a very valid you know number yeah. four there. I, I will admit, I think some of Jenny's love of that game is the fact that. Uh, she does so much better in that game than I do. It is funny. It's weird the luck you have in that game. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. It has nothing to do with what I like. I think it does. I think it's kind of. I think it's. We would literally go and take down, you know, one of the one of the big the big Pokemon. The gems. The raids. Yeah, the raids. Yeah. And they would both get it, you know, and they and and then and then like they'd be excited, and then Jake would be like. Don't be excited, Jenny, because I don't think John's going to get it. And sure yeah. enough, I'm just we throwing, had to wait. throwing the balls. I'm getting yeah. like a shiny Moltres. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to yeah, act like a minute. I just had to act. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just sit back there. He's not saying anything. It's like it's been, it, yeah. it got really awkward. It, it, it did. Yeah. It absolutely it did. Really you would just get really pissed off. I just get really quiet. Things, just, but, uh, there's few games I've ever been angry at. Be that at. as it may. Uh, it's still my number four. Yeah, so. well, that's fine. There's, there's no issue with that. Al, number four, my man. All right. Well, my number four is one that's already been talked about a little bit, but it is 2018 God of War. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, um, Josh has already talked um, a lot about um, the story and the narrative elements in God of War, which is obviously a huge aspect of the game. Um, to add on to that, something I've seen over the history of games, but um, especially when it comes to some games trying to be very story-focused or narrative-focused, um, it's very rare that I have seen a game put so much focus on the story and have it not adversely affect or sacrifice the gameplay on an extent. Um, God of War... Um, tells a great story, and as it is telling a great story, it has a just terrific combat system. Uh, and if you've ever heard me talk about video games, you know I am a sucker for a good, deep combat system. Um, I mean, God of War has it. I mean, you get into, into like, You've got runes to buy and upgrade that introduce um, different kinds of attacks and elements. You have um, the um, ability with projectiles, um, with the axe, um, the different fighting styles and combat uh, mechanics that brings in uh, whether you're fighting with the axe or whether you're fighting with your shield and fists or whether you're using the chaos blades at one point in the game. I mean, just the expansiveness of the combat system is crazy. And um, they don't sacrifice the gameplay experience um, while telling a good story. And I think that's a very underrated aspect of games that are able to do that. Because this generation, especially, I've played a lot of games that put all their eggs into the story basket and left the gameplay aspect very wanting. Um, And for me, I said that at the beginning of part one of these podcasts, Gameplay for me is at the top of my priority list when it comes to games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that God of War was able to have such expansive, impressive gameplay options while still telling a great story, that was really what um, was really what impressed me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Obviously, I agree. <laughs> and yeah. Um, I'm number three, right? Number three. 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 There was a uh, no way I could. I mean, this is probably the game I played the most this generation, so there's no way I can leave it off. I've got to go with Overwatch at number three. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Overwatch is the uh, uh, Overwatch is is probably my favorite online game I've ever played. Um, in fact, I don't even know if it's probably anymore. It's definitely my favorite. Uh, I I am at a place where I'm extremely frustrated with Overwatch right now. Like. More frustrated than I've ever been with a game. Amen. Um, I do want to talk uh, to all the people at Blizzard, you know, and then I want them to explain to me how I am a triple digit, triple digit attack uh, uh, character. But that that's that's okay. That's that's fine, you know, because uh, I think I'm definitely burning a triple digit. SR system needs a reset. And I think the SR system does need a reset. I would love to see that of Overwatch too. Uh, but that's not my only complaint. Look, Overwatch has. You know, at this point, 32 different characters, and none of them, you, you can't, none of them are even close to being the same. No. You know, uh, there's, there's really only one character that you, you would classify as a traditional shooter character, and that's Soldier. Yeah. Um, soldier. But like, <laughs> but just, you know, and, and, but one of the things I'll say, cause I, I feel like Overwatch is probably coming up again, or maybe not, I don't know. But here's what I will say. One of the things I do love about Overwatch is Overwatch is the first game that made being the healer fun. Uh, I've never, I've, I've never played another game where being the healer was anything other than just okay, I'll do this. Lucio is literally my favorite person playing this game. I love playing Lucio. Uh, I love everything about him. I love his extremely optimistic output as all his friends are dying around him. You know, I love the fact that when he gets on the payload, he he starts singing "Moving with the Payload." I love that. <laughs> Uh, I love the fact that he walked like you can feel him moving different because he's on rollerblades as opposed to just walking, and yeah. so you get more inertia that way. Uh, I just, I just, I, I love, I, I love his 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 characters. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters in, in all the video games, and he's a healer. And that to me, that idea of you know the healers being fun. Uh, is just part of what makes Overwatch so great because there's there's not a character type that's not fun, uh, and if you can't if you can play this game and not find a character to enjoy, then that's really on you at this point because there's just every single character is so well thought out. Uh, even so, you know, like, you know I, I I know you know Al's favorite character is Brigitte, you know, uh, but like, <laughs> it's true. It's but, true. But, you know, Brigitte, you know, is is a character that yeah, it took a while to get her reduced to the means because uh, she was extremely overpowered, very overpowered at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But you know, she's a fun character to play if you understand how to play. I've never really understood how to play her, but. She's a fun character, and she adds a lot to the game, and that's that's what they've been able to do with all of these characters, is every single one of them adds something different, so that when you see them across from you, you've got to react to it. I've never played a game quite like that, and uh, so yeah, Overwatch uh, is my number three. It's probably the game I've played the most. I've probably put the most tired in Overwatch of any game I've played uh, this uh, this generation. So that's my number three. 
All right. If your number three is Overwatch, I'll be really upset. So what do what else can be said about God of War? Um, So so fortunately, there are some things that there are some things uh, that that were left out that I can talk about. about. (laughs) Yeah, yes, the axe goes to thump whenever whenever you catch it. Uh, (laughs) No. you know, I'm actually going to piggyback first off of two things that uh, that Josh and Al both said. Um, with Al, when he was talking about the combat system, I remember the first time I played uh, the fourth one, uh, or the, the the 2018 God of War. I had played the Six first... Think at that point. Yeah, so something <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, I had played the first two on PS2, and they were really fun, you know, except for the arduous puzzles in the first game, but literally everyone complains about that, so that's not just me. Um, you know, they... And it, and it was it was just a lot of fun. It was. Um, and so I remember the combat system being just a, just a blast of a hack-and-slash game. You know, just, you know, just going to town on weird... You know, Greek demons that are rising from the ground and zombies and hydras and crap. And, oh, it's, it's a great game. Okay, a lot of fun to play. Okay. Then I started the 2018 God of War. And I hate to say this, but my first thought was I just have two shoulder buttons and that's it. And that was my start. You know, of course, then you start playing the game. And then, like, even like the further you get, the more you start to realize the different ways that you can unlock, the different things you can unlock for Atreus with his bow, mm-hmm. the different things you can unlock for, you know, holding down R1, tapping R1, and then hitting R2 really quick, uh, using the shield, they're using a switching to the Chaos Blades mid-combo. Mm-hmm. There are so many things to do in that game that it it has these building blocks of these your four buttons, and then it and then Sony Santa Monica was like oh, but we're not done yet. You're going to learn everything you can about those four buttons, and they're going to save your life, hopefully, throughout one of these fight scenes. Um, you know, and that's just... that. I can't say enough good things about the combat system, you know, especially by the end of that game. Um, so, yeah. Um, one of the things that Josh said, one of the things that he mentioned was about how the story grows up. The story takes a much more serious tone. Um than the previous ones but one of the best parts about it is that while it while it wants to move forward it refuses to stomp on what came before um because it there's never a point where you feel like what Kratos has done in the past, or, or what the what the past that the past games are bad because of this game. There's never a point where I play this and said, "Yeah, man, screw all the other games." No, it's now I definitely played this game and said, "Man, this is we have moved forward. We have officially moved forward." You know, but the thing is, it's like Zeus shows up in this game, Athena shows up in this game. Um, you know, the Chaos Blades. When that's still probably one of my favorite video game moments of all time is when he realizes he has to put them back on, and because, like you said, the, the very first scene is he sees the he has his his bandages around his around his arms and he's trying to hide it. He's trying to hide the scars of what he once was, and then the moment when he has to put them back on to save his son is it's it's really a video game moment that's unlike anything else. And you know, so so yeah, no, it's it's abs- it's absolutely one of the best games of all time. Um, definitely one of the best ones of this generation. Um, and yeah, I mean, and and, and also, 
it has some genuinely hilarious moments. Um, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing, I mean, I, I will randomly look at Josh and he won't always get it, but I'll say hunt something. And I wait for him to say where, and then I can say in the direction of that thing. Like, because that's, that's a lot is hunt deer. And then the boy goes, where do I go? And then he just goes in the direction of deer. That is a beautiful line. (laughs) That is, that's great. You know? And, um, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it has those, the dialogue in it gives you so much that even like the, you don't want to fast travel in this game. You want to listen to everything they say while they're walking, you know, and that's, that's a weird thing to say for a lot of modern games. Cause most modern games, you're like, well, I want to fast travel. I want to get through the games faster, you know, but like there was never really a point where I wanted to fast travel on God of war so much so that like, if they were mid conversation while I was in the boat and I was almost to my location, we're just gonna, we're just gonna swim yeah. around just a little bit. Just let, let's take a quick turn, you know, yeah. so I can hear the rest of this conversation, yeah. you know. Um, and that's just that's a big thing, you know, because and because you had moments where they were funny, and then you also had moments where they were able to just drive that emotion home of this is Kratos as a father. My one of the most really kind of heartrending scenes is when Atreus takes his first human life and Kratos is trying to talk him through it. But of course he has no emotional capability. He's really, um, and so all, all he tells him is, uh, is you have to close your heart to it, you know? And the thing is, it's like, that seems like a cold and callous, you know, way of approaching that. But when you really start to think about the world that they're in, Mm-hmm. And you really had the rest of the story play out. That that is a massive line, mm-hmm. like it really is. Um, so yeah, I, I we could we could do an entire podcast in every game that's on this list. So let's just keep going on. Uh, Jenny, number three. <laughs> um. Well. Uh, what else can be said about God? I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> it's on all of ours. <laughs> 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 I was just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, is it the best game of the generation? Uh, no. Um, so I have, <laughs> I have Spyro, the re- <laughs> reignited trilogy. Nice. Uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Spyro was one of my favorite games growing up. It was one of the first games. Well, no, it's hard to say. I I would say it was one of the games that got me into gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Right up there with like Donkey Kong. I don't know. I I pretty much had a controller in my hand by the time I was like three. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of if it was plugged into a system or not. Looking at you, Josh. But anyway. But Spyro was one where I, I, I could definitely say it was the first one that I was actually okay at and got through, uh, even though I was, like, a baby. Uh, <laughs> I guess I was, like, eight when that came out. But anyway, I say all that to say when they redid it, um, they did it such, like, I mean, it's just the most perfect remake, I would say. Um it's uh the graphics, they they just like it's just my chef's kiss. Um and the game just held up. Like even like, you know, mm-hmm. twenty years later, I was yeah. like, This is still such a fun game. Like mm-hmm. and like I still like ha- it was still challenging at the same time too. Um 
So yeah, uh, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, so good. Um, like, and I will probably play that multiple times the rest of my life as long as I still have it. So yeah, um, yeah so Spyro's number three for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just uh, I remember you know me and you sitting down and playing that on the PlayStation. And uh, and we played it as a demo first because it was a PlayStation first. magazine demo. Yeah, the PlayStation yeah. magazine demo. And then, uh, and 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 I never thought that like twenty years later I would walk into your apartment and you'd be swearing at that little guy carrying the egg. Oh my God, know, that little again. fucker! I yeah. swear to God. There's Kitty's one. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it was it was literally I mean and, and it was just it was the exact same thing and I was like, This is just adorable but also more R rated. So, so yeah, you remember me getting mad at it back then yeah. and this time I was cussing at it and there's probably bourbon involved. There probably was. There probably mm -hmm. was. What is what's the what's the thing he says? He's like, Mimi? Like, oh no, like weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's, yeah, I was about to say, actually it's worse. <laughs> yeah, no. He oh. does that like Oh, I hate it. <laughs> you you love everyone in this room and you wanted to punch Al in the face just for saying this. <laughs> like <laughs> I understand. I 100% in those games when they came out for the remakes. And, ooh, I heard that a lot. <laughs> Al, number three, man. Number three. Um, so number three. Um, it was an excellent game. You may have heard me talk about it. You might have even seen me stream it. What more can be said about God of War number three? What more can be said about God of War 2018? So good. You know, it's twice. <laughs> But, um, no, um, there were a lot of indie games I wanted to put on my list and a lot that I had to cut that hurt me to do so. But um, one that I knew I could not leave off uh, was this year's Hades. Um, I am not exaggerating whatsoever when I say Hades is the best roguelike game I have ever played. Um, best roguelike I've ever played, too. The Best roguelike game one, so. I have ever. I've played a few of them, <laughs> <laughs> and Hades is just really head and shoulders above um, the rest. I mean, you can just tell that Supergiant Games put their hearts and souls into this game. Um, from the artwork and the character designs, music, um, the music, music is incredible. Um, the gameplay. I've never played a roguelike with such a deep and complicated combat system mm. um, as Hades. Because um, you jump into Hades, first of all, you have to choose the weapon you want to use. And that, even if, it's a, even if it's like the same class of weapon, like say you have to choose between the swords and like um, the fists, right? Those are both weapons you have to get reasonably close to your enemies with, right? The gameplay style you have to use depending on which of those you choose. Completely different. Completely different. It completely changes the way you play the game. Completely changes um, the boons and upgrades you want to get depending on the weapon you have. Um, depending on your personal preference on how you want to play. Um, and then that's not even getting into, you know, the relationship system. Um, every NPC you meet has um, things about them you can read in um, your journal. 
that you get and you learn more about the characters as you talk to them, as you invest resources into their relationships. Um, that's straight up every NPC, all of the Olympian gods, all of the Chthonic gods, all of the demigods you meet, all of the heroes of Greece you meet. Um, I've never found um, the characters in Greek mythology to be so likable <laughs> as they are in Hades. <laughs> They're by far the most likable iterations of those characters mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. Um, especially since, you know, history of Greek mythology is that, you know, all of the gods are dicks. <laughs> um, um, it's insane how much I care about these characters and how much I want to explore their stories when the character you play as, um, as far as I know, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Zagreus, uh, the protagonist, is a new character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to Greek oh, mythology. Man. It's a totally new person. Um, it's wild. Um, um, I beat the game, and I put Gweet, uh, I put beats in very strong quotation marks, um, because the post-game, after you technically beat the last boss, is so expansive that I've put in an additional 20 hours into the game after having beat the last boss, because <laughs> there's so much to do and so much to unlock and so much to experience. Um, it's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, Hades is a testament to what um, an indie studio can accomplish. Um, and also just how powerful um, and the word of mouth is. Uh, because I hadn't heard of this game until um, until I saw a tweet uh, uh, by Matt and Big Muscles um, saying, hey, everybody stop what you're doing and go play Hades. It's an early access. And we did. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. So I got an early access, and I was just like, yep, I'm going to buy that game in full form as soon as it's released, and I did. And I haven't looked back since. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, man, it's it's just a masterwork in what a roguelike game can be like and what a character-driven game can be like and what an indie game can be. Um, it's just insanely good. If you haven't played Hades, then go play it right now. Stop listening to this podcast. Go go download Hades because it's so good and it'll make like twenty five bucks. So go get it. (laughs) It is it is very very reasonable for how much time and enjoyment you'll get out of it. Like uh, yeah, yeah I uh, yeah I love Hades. Uh, Hades is making my list, but I do love it. Um, so by now you've downloaded Hades and you've come back to the podcast. (laughs) Um, Good job. Um, we're in top two, and one and two um, really, for me, have not changed. Uh, I'll just say right now, with, with one and two, the reason they're one and two is because I think they're stories that could only be done on in, in video games. I love God of War, but I think you could reasonably make that a TV show or something like that. Awesome. Um, but uh, these two... You can only do this story in video game. The other thing is, is, I don't think either of these stories have been told that much or, or better than they're, they've been told here. So, number two for me is Red Dead Redemption 2. I knew it. And, um... Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you're so predictable. <laughs> so, Red, Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2 is uh, um, just, in my opinion, the most fully realized open world 
uh, in any video game ever. Um, and for that alone, it would probably merit top five. Um, the, you know, Donkey, one of the things uh, video game Donkey's talked about is how very few games really pushed the PS4, the Xbox One, you know, a lot of the games that we would consider, uh, you know, to be next generation games, a bunch of them probably could have been done on a PS3, you know, uh, a lot of them could have been. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of those games that could not have been done. It's a, it's one of those games that when you want to explain to people like about the art of video games, you take them into, uh, you know, you take them into, uh, into the swamps, you know, and you go to the, uh, to the New Orleans knockoff city and you watch those torch lamps, uh, and how they glow at night. And you're just like, this is, this is a beautiful video game. Mm. Um, and within that video game, there's probably one of the best stories that's ever been told in a video game. And the reason I say it can only be told in a video game is because you are invited to live in Arthur Morgan's life. Um, Arthur Morgan does keep a journal and you're missing out on this video game. If you don't read his journal because his journal relays things that are happening in the video game as they're happening. Um, well also within that journal, you know, the entire time, you know, you're finding, new animals and stuff like that. He's drawing within the journal, you know, and discussing, you know, like how he's never seen wildlife like this before. You really get to know that character. Um, and then the other thing is, is that there's, there's not a whole lot of stories that are really told about becoming disillusioned. And this is a game about becoming disillusioned. Uh, and this is a game about becoming disillusioned with a charismatic leader that came out in 2018. So it's extremely relevant. Um, and, you know, and one of those, you know, we're, we're coming out of a, an election where there's a lot of people asking themselves, like, you know, how could some, how could so many people vote for someone? Uh, you know, how could so many people vote for Donald Trump, you know, and all this stuff. Red Dead Redemption 2 answers that question. They answer it pretty well. And uh, Dutch Vanderlyn is one of the best characters in the history of video games. Um, and, you know, I just, to me, it's, it's by the, by the end of that game, um, you know, your, your entire, um, your entire thought process has been through so much uh, by the end of that game uh, that you will, you will think of things differently by the end of that game. And very few, pieces of media have that ability. Um, plus it's just, it's just a lot of fun just to ride around as a cowboy, honestly. Uh, and it's, it's, there's so much to do in that game. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I just can't say enough good things about Red Redemption 2. Uh, it is, it's one of the most beautiful and one of the best stories that's ever been told. All right. So number two. So my number two. Okay. So, for those of you who are watching uh, the stream live, you know that I recently got a PS5. Um, one of the one of the really cool features that they have that they added to it is that it takes your entire library from your PS4 and your PS5 and shows you how many hours you've actually played. That was something that was missing from the PS4. Um, and two days ago, I learned that there is a game that I have apparently put 700 hours into. Um, and that game is Overwatch, and, uh, yeah, and, um, 
Over the last four years, yeah, I have, uh, <laughs> I have uh, definitely, I did not question that at all. Like, and and no, I guarantee it, but the and the next and the next game like after it was like one twenty, and that was like, and that was like Red Dead Redemption Two. I think was the only one that was after that. Um, That's quite a difference. It 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 really is. Um, but that goes to show the power of that game. That goes to show. Just, just how much love is in it. Um, at, at least, at least from from me, from me. Um, you know, Josh already mentioned about how all of the characters were so different and so interesting, um, and and that's true because like every every single one of those characters, I want to know more about, which is really really weird because one of the really cool things that Josh first really when he was suggesting it to me. Um, the first time he played it, he said, Jake, it's basically street, the street fighter characters, uh, are similar characters to like a street fighter game or a fighting game that are very eclectic only in a shooter. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is like. And then sure enough, he was right. There is not a single one that is similar to another. Every single one is very, very different. And I want to know every single facet about every, about 32 different characters. You know, I want to know their lives. And so, one of my biggest things I'm looking forward to when they do the sequels, I'm I want those campaign missions. I want you know to know more about these characters. I want to know more about this world. Um, and I think they've they've done a really good job with the first one where there are certain there are certain like voice lines and things that they kind of build into the lore of the world of Overwatch, which is already interesting in itself. Um, you know, but going beyond that, the gameplay is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's, it is, it is a team shooter that I, Josh, I think you said this is the first and really the major multiplayer game that got you into multiplayer gaming. Same for me. Like the only one that I think I'd really played before this was a little bit of Halo and then Borderlands with you, uh, on the 360. That was it. You know, this was the game that made me an online gamer and, you know, I have, I've yelled at the TV. I, I will, uh. Readily admit that uh, things that I won't say on here. Um, you know, I have yelled at teammates, not uh, not personally because I'm not toxic. Uh, it's it's more it's more like road rage, like within a locked car. Um, you know that kind of thing. Um, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, just every every time you pick up that game, you you have something different happening, and that's really weird and different. Uh, than pretty much any other game. Um, no two, no two matches will be the same. Um, you know, even even if you if you have a great team, you're still going to have challenges. You know, if you have a really bad team, you're definitely going to have challenges. Um, but I've seen bad teams pull off crazy wins. You know, um, and I've had I've had some great matches just by every character. I've had some really terrible matches just by every character, and that's that's something that's just so so different you know and josh mentioned how uh, how they kind of kept you know everyone balanced everyone's really fun to play um you i i cannot say enough about at least the overwatch team you know i know i know we we kind of skipped over talking about blizzard and their controversies over the last few years and i know that those are there but the overwatch team at least from the developing standpoint i cannot say enough good things about them from the fact that they have kept updating the game they have tried to make balance changes. They try to listen to their fans as much as they can. Um, 
you know, and that's that's a big thing, especially when you have a fan base that is that large uh, mm-hmm. and that diverse because everyone wants to know different things. Um, off the top of my head, I could think of about three different things that I would buff or nerf, you know, right now off of just different random characters, um, you know, but I don't know, man. It's just there. There's something. There's something special and something really different about Overwatch that is different from pretty much any other game. And I know everyone wants to make the comparisons. Oh, it's another Team Fortress Two or whatever, you know. I've but played Team Fortress Two. It's a dumb comparison. I, I I've heard that. You know, there's literally like heard, two. There's two levels on Team Fortress Two and like eleven characters. It's not even. You know, it's like comparing like bologna to a steak. Mm-hmm. Just like man, to, to a steak. steak. Crap. Um. But yeah, I uh, I can't well, say. I it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, like I can't say enough good things about Overwatch. Um, and I know, and and I'll readily admit, it, it is not a game for everyone. Uh, and it is a game that I've been very very frustrated. You don't play seven hundred hours or something and not be frustrated with it uh, sooner or later. And I and I'll admit, like I've taken long like breaks from it. What'd you say? 600 of those hours you were frustrated. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that's a really good description. Yeah, 600 hours I was frustrated, but uh, but those but those hundred were worth it though. You know, just just perfect. You know, so so yeah. So Over- Overwatch is my number two. Um. So yeah, Jenny. Uh, my number two is Animal Crossing. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. Of uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Where do you even start with this game? I. It, it's appealing to me because of the art and the creativity that's in it. Um, if you ever have time, just go on YouTube or Twitch or even just Facebook and just search Animal Crossing Islands and look at some of the stuff that all these artists have made. Um, it takes a lot of skill. It's not super easy. Um, every island is so, I don't know, this is really cool to see. Um I mean, on top of that, it was it's it, it's cool that it came out in 2020 because it was a way to hang out with your friends <laughs> online mm-hmm. and go visit their islands when you can't actually see each other in person. So it was just like a, a you know, I, I think Al said earlier, a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the updates they keep up with, uh, it's super fun. I think it's actually one of the... Uh, most hours I've put into a game on the Switch, um, and that's mostly because I've played Breath of the Wild on Wii U first. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason for that. But, um, but yeah, I don't even know what else to say about it. It's just it's a great game, and uh, yeah, that's that's my. It's the game that saved 2020. It really yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's neat. Yeah. Al, number two, man. You're right, number two. So I said, um, either in part one or part two of this uh, podcast series, that, um, and I've said it before in prior podcasts, that um, occasionally, and I mean occasionally, um, there is a game that comes out that feels like it was developed um, specifically for me. Um, The last time that this happened, uh, that that feeling came close um, to how I felt this generation. It was back on the PlayStation 2 with a um, with a combat-centered game called The God Hand. Um, if y'all don't know, God Hand was an import from Japan. Um, terrific game. To this day has my f- 
favorite combat system of any game I've ever played. Um, the combat system was aged very well. Um, if you ever have the chance to play God Hand, then you should play it. Um, incredible game. Um, I felt this feeling again um, as strong as I did when I played God Hand on PS2 um, with a little game um, called Ghost of Tsushima. Um, for people who don't know, um, I love Japan. I'm kind of a weeb. Um, <laughs> I'm really into Japanese uh, um, culture um, and history. Um, I'm really in, as I've said, when I talk about God of War, really into very um, deep, immersive combat systems in games. Um, um, I love a good story. I love, I love Kurosawa era uh, Japanese samurai films. Um, and this game had all of that and really felt like Sony was just kind of like, I want to make a game and give to, to Al who plays a lot of PlayStation 4 games, and I think he could use a, a personalized gift. I mean, that's what this game <laughs> feels like. Um, from the beautiful art style to the minimalistic UI it has um, to the various combat stances and combat moves within those stances um, to the super responsive combat gameplay to the various character-based stories with all the NPCs you meet um, to the um, examination of not only historical Japanese culture, but also um, just the examination of kind of um, the revision um, of that culture and an examination and tribute to um, the artistic um, ways that that, that that culture has been examined and treated over the years. I mean, it's just... It's it's one of the the most perfect um, games I've ever played, um, and it's just I mean I think I've said about almost every game on my list, but um, it's one of the few games where I can say um, I would not change a single thing about Ghost of Tsushima. Just everything about it works. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it. I think that game clicked very well. Um, but it's not my number one. It's not your number one. It's not my number one. It's not my number one. Um, so that surprises me. So number one uh, for me, um, I'm I'm going to admit that part of this, uh, I think one and two are pretty much interchangeable for me. But I think uh, number one, the reason I'm putting this number one is because I think it means a whole lot more uh, to two games than. Um, Red Dead Redemption does because if if the medium cannot tell this type of story, then the medium's going to die. And what's interesting about Last of Us Two is that um, there's there's no way to to tell this story in any other format. This is a game that has to be experienced. Um, and that's also a game that has a, that has a lot of guts. And the worst thing happened Last of Us 2, worst thing that happened for Last of Us 2, and, and, I, and I, I wonder two things about Last of Us 2's reception. I wonder if, A, if it had been released in 2019, if it would, if it had been given a better reception, because mm -hmm. basically in the middle of a pandemic, Naughty Dog is just like, 
This is there's going to be a game about hate and more hate and murder and hate <laughs> and murder, and then you're just going to sit with your feelings for a while at the end of this game. And and I think in the middle of a pandemic where everyone around us is, you know, scared, you know, and you know, just it seems like you know everyone's, angry. everyone's <laughs> angry and everything. It just it, it it didn't hit the mood right. The other thing I wonder is how this game would have been uh, would have been um, received had that leak not happened. Although the, I didn't know, I I went to the game blind, mm. so I have no clue that. Once again, spoiler alert: if you don't know at this point, the the greatest kept secret in the history of video games. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: Joel dies in this game pretty much within like the first hour and a half, um, and so. You know, I had no clue. So that hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and so the rest of this game, you know, what the game does very well is is it allows you to deal with the feelings you have, you know, about what, what is happening to Ellie as she goes on this revenge quest. And then it doubles down on the guts that it has and says, okay, now... You're going to play as the person that killed your favorite character. But here's what we're going to do with that, okay? If you're thinking that we're going to just redeem this character, you're 100% wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And it it's a game that asks you to find nuance within it. And the problem is, I don't know, you know, if, if the average video game player wanted to put in the time to find the nuance. Personally, for me, I thought the entire story was about as well told as you could tell a story. Um, and Al, one of the things you said was is that, you know, gameplay for you is king. Gameplay is not really king for me anymore. You know, like it's, it's, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just, you know, if, if I get frustrated with something, I just put it down at this point, you know. But I haven't done enough Hades yet, although I'm pretty frustrated with Hades. <laughs> but, um, but gameplay is not king for me anymore. If, but at this point, with this, with what the medium is becoming, if we can't tell stories like this, then I don't know how much further the medium is going to go. Mm. Last of Us Two tells a story that I think probably needed to be told because, particularly in 2020, you know, in a time when everyone in 2020 is vengeful. I mean, everybody. You know, like we like to pretend it's just you know, you know, the people on the side opposite of it, but everyone in 2020 is vengeful. And in a time when everyone's vengeful, you've got this game that comes out, you know, and asks you to look at sides and opposites uh, of uh, opposite sides and asks you to interact with the feelings you are feeling of vengeance and revenge and all that stuff. You know, it asks you to do that in the same way that a lot of fantastic literature does. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what Life Us 2 is. I mean, to me, it's, it's, the, it's the hallmark of the generation. And I think, you know, years from now, one of two things is going to happen. You know, we're either going to see that, you know, if, if there's a video game crash, we're going to look back and go, well, you know, they, you know, they, the video gamers decided that they were just going to spend all their time playing the various Call of Duties and the maps that came out, and eventually they got tired of that. Or if there's a video game boom, we're going to look back and look at Last of Us 2 and say, okay, this was the moment where the medium stepped up and said, we have something to say. Because Last of Us 2, whatever your opinion on it, you got to say it has something to say. Uh, and so that's why, to me, it's the number one game of generation. 
Deck number one. Twenty eighteen, in my opinion, is the greatest year of video game history. Four of my games on my top five list are from that year. Towards the end of twenty eighteen, I was working at a place where I was effectively becoming a person that I did not enjoy. Um, there were multiple points of times where I was angrier than usual. There were multiple points of times where I was wondering if I was making the decisions for my life that I wanted to. And in October 2018, a game came out that really, really pushed my decision to leave that job over the edge. Um, and that game for me was Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 <clears throat> um, is one of the greatest stories ever told in any medium, hands down. Um, Arthur Morgan is uh, he's my favorite video game character. It does. It's honestly, it's probably not even close. Um, there are so many great ones out there, but Arthur resonated with me as a character so so very much. Um, there are moments in that game where that even to to this day, if I think about them long enough, I will literally tear up. And and I know I know that that might seem weird. I know that might seem like I'm getting I'm putting too much into it, but there there's something to be said about how that story presents itself, um, especially especially if you play. Um, with with high honor, I know that, and, and and that's I know that you can play you know with low honor and be a be a horrible person, or you can play with high honor and be a good person. I m most of my gameplay decisions from this, and most of my decisions for this game were being played with high honor. And in my opinion, I think I don't really know. I'm pretty sure Rockstar wanted you to play with high honor. That's the, the way that that story plays out. I can't really foresee them wanting to try to get the exact same uh, reaction out of people without playing it with high honor. So, Josh talked about how Arthur becomes dis disillusionized with you know the idea of, of being in a gang, the idea of basically being a ro being a robber, you know, um, and wanting to be a better person. Um, Arthur's journey to becoming that better person and to trying to finally makes some decisions with the last few little bits of his life that he has um, is one of the is it's just it's magnificent there's no other word for it um, some of my favorite scenes in that game I will I will probably never forget there's a point where he's helping this nun um, and at the different points in the game, he's helping her, and he keeps—he doesn't really know why he's helping her, honestly. Uh, and he keeps telling her, you know, you know, sister, I'm not a good person. And she finally tells him, you know, that she finally tells him, you know, that he is, you know, that and she keeps trying to tell him that every decision that he's made, at least as far as she's known him, has been for the betterment of someone else. Um. And the scene at the train station where he looks at her and he says, I'm scared of dying. That's something that is just the way that the way that it's presented. The I can still hear his voice in my head. Even two years later, I, I, I put that game down and unfortunately I haven't picked it up since. 
I think more so because of how much it had it had made an effect on me, but I can still remember these things clear as day. Um, you know, and later in that in that same conversation, the last thing she says to him, if I, if I remember correctly, is my favorite part of of the game. Because Arthur looks at her and he says, This country is man unleashed. And she looks at him and she says, Then unleash goodness. 2020 has been a rough year for all of us. You know, Josh and Josh already mentioned it and he mentioned it with The Last of Us Part Two. Um, you know, we've we've all now mentioned 2020 at least once with our various video games. Um, unleashing goodness is something that absolutely needs to happen. And the thing is, is that that's what I ultimately take from Red Dead Redemption 2. Is that it is Arthur's decision to make to make one last good will decision. Um, and that's tr attempting to save John and Abigail at the end. Um, you know, the, the characterizations that show up in that game, it's, 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 it's amazing because they even continue on into the first Red Dead Redemption. Um, the storylines that happen there, even, even characters who in the second game might even be considered, you know, technically side characters like Javier or Bill, you know, they are still very, very important. And they are very, very important to to the first game, obviously, because they're what John is doing is who John is after, pretty much. Um, the first first half of the game, um, Rockstar really kind of outdid themselves, in my opinion, with the writing on this. Um, I know that we talked about the crunch that happened, you know, of with, with building the game and everything. I know we talked about different things like that, but I mean, gameplay, graphics, but most is all great. But most of all, the story is what really drove drove it home for me. Rather, it was the fact that it was <clears throat> this perfect, you know, discussion of what of what is a man going to do if he has a few a few more you know weeks to live, um, but also even to the idea of the decisions that he chooses to make while he's doing that, and the decisions that even even side things like you know doing doing different side quests and everything. I I, I cannot I cannot express enough. That if you play this game, please take your time with it. Like it's it's it is not a game to rush through. It's not a game to you know to pick up and just uh, you know do some do some random stuff and then just put it down. No, it is a game to be experienced. You know, hang out at the camp for a little bit, listen to some conversations that they say, and ever in all six chapters, find as many side quests as you can before you go onto the main missions. Because experiencing this entire game as much as you can is the best way to enjoy it, in my opinion. Um, and really doing anything else besides that is honest is honestly a disservice to yourself as a as as a consumer and as a gamer. Um, I know a lot of people made complaints about the gameplay about you know there's a cutscene for like every action that you take and though the gu the gunplay is not that not as good as the first game. I dis I, I respectfully disagree. I really enjoyed pretty much every gameplay aspect of this, and uh, yeah, and I can't can't really say enough about uh, Red Dead Redemption Two um, that hasn't already been said or by Josh or myself or really anyone else that's talked about how good this game is. Um, ten out of ten, best game of the generation for me. So, beginning number one.
Alright, well, that's cool that I had to follow that. So. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, but Breath of the Wild is obviously my yep. number one. Um, <laughs> you get that one, Al? I got you. Alright. Um, yeah, no, I mean, The Legend of Zelda franchise is uh, it's amazing. Um, I think it does something that a lot of franchises, not just in video games, but just in general, can't do. Over the course of 30 years, I feel like it has kept its integrity, but still remains relevant uh, to um, to the time that, you know, the to to what, to now, basically. Mm. I'm sorry, but um, uh, but yeah, I love that um, I like that Breath of the Wild, it has like a uh, some Skyrim tendencies as far as like the open world is. Um, uh, I love that. Uh, it seems like they're um, worthwhile too. They're gonna like be incorporating Zelda more. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, an amazing game. Um, but I just recently started playing again thanks to Al. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, I have a lot more to say, but I'm drawing blanks right now. So there's that. <laughs> We could do a podcast on Legend of Zelda sometime. Yeah. I fully agree with that and fully support that. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild was was a rough cut. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. Al, number one. Me, number one. Grand yeah. finale. Um, so uh, we've said it a few times. Um, with video games, story and gameplay is a balance um, that um, a lot of people have their own opinions about and prioritize uh, very differently. Josh said that, you know, gameplay, while it's important, it isn't tops for him. You know, story is his main thing. And I've said this podcast and other ones, you know, gameplay is a tops for me. Um, there is a studio that I feel like more than any other studio or any other franchise, um, has really embraced the idea of gameplay over story um, and has been able to make um, games that are consistently incredible um, gameplay-wise while not completely neglecting the story aspects. Um, uh, they make it very obvious that I'm that they're about the gameplay. Um, um, everybody who's followed any of the work I've done pretty much on fandom correspondence knows that um, I'm on, knows that I love the From Software games um, and their emphasis on gameplay over story, uh, their emphasis on, on letting the player kind of discover things about the game and how the game works uh, without any hand-holding or any introduction or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and when I think about why I love this idea of prioritizing gameplay over story is that, um, you know, storytelling is one of the natural talents and habits that humanity has. Um, human beings tell stories. They have through their entire anthropological history. Uh, they tell stories and they share things with each other. Um, and, and while I love that and while there's beauty in that, um, especially nowadays, um, sometimes you don't want story. 
Sometimes you just want to feel like you've overcome something. Um, and sometimes the easiest way to put yourself in that pair of shoes of having overcome something, having be a hero, is when the story isn't as focused upon as just the fact that you did something and you overcame something. Um, Bloodborne, to me, um, hits that feeling out of the park. Um, when you think about the combat in Bloodborne, um, it's one that is not always very forgiving. <laughs> um, it's one with a very high skill ceiling and very high earning curve, um, even very early on in the game. Um, but Bloodborne gameplay is something that rewards you for sticking with trying to figure it out. It's a gameplay that that says, this is not going to be easy for you at all, but if you put in the effort, you will feel like the strongest, most badass character in your own story. Um, and there's tons of lore in Bloodborne. We said full spoilers at the beginning of the podcast. Um, there's stuff from werewolves to religious cults to aliens in Bloodborne. <laughs> I didn't even know about the third there's one. All, there's all kinds of stuff in it. Uh, it gets very deep. The lore is massive in Bloodborne. You could easily take the lore underlying all the stuff in Bloodborne and turn it into an HBO series or what have you. Um, it's crazy. Um, even with all of that expansiveness and depth and storytelling, um, the basis of Bloodborne does not get away from both the focus of gameplay and the focus of the story of you are a hunter and hunters hunt. Now, go into this world and hunt. That's what you do. Um, has some of the best boss fights I've ever done. Um, has some of the best enemy types I've ever seen. Um, and as I said, sometimes, you know, I love the story of Bloodborne. I love stories in video games in general. Um, sometimes you just want to overcome something. Um, and when you put in the effort and the time into Bloodborne that it demands, um, I can't think of a game where you feel more accomplished having overcome something than Bloodborne. Well, I'll tell you, our, so our number ones are Last of Us 2, Red Redemption, Breath of the Wild, and Bloodborne. So we weren't exactly contrarians of our number ones. But, <laughs> yeah, those are those are some, some pretty popular picks. It's true. So we've definitely had a, uh, but I think this has been a, a very good top five. I think we've, we've had some very good discussion here. I'm, I'm not overtly surprised with any of the picks. Um, you know, and uh, I, I, I kind of, I think I, I, I pretty much knew you were going Bloodborne, man. It's just, you know, it's just how it is. You it's know. my game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it is a game. It is. I will say that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. But well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for. Uh, real quick, Al, I'm curious. What were your thoughts on our top? What did you, What did you write down for us? Oh, gosh, you want to do that? Yes, I do, actually, if you don't mind. Um, how, how well do you know us? I got the m most right of Josh. 
Okay. And um, the ones I got right, I had in the right order as well. Oh, wow. So for Josh, I had number one, The Last of Us 2, because um, uh, Josh was bragging about it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> number two, I had Red Dead Redemption 2. Number three, I had God of War. Number four, I had Persona 5, um, either the original or royal. Um, and then number five, I actually had Animal Crossing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I missed Overwatch I and Smash. Yeah, you do love all those games. I do love all you know. the games. Yeah, they were all, they'd all be in the in the expanded list. Uh, for Jacob, mm. um, I did pretty good on the coverage, okay. uh, but not on the order. Okay. So for Jacob, I had number one being Spider Man. Okay. Uh, which wasn't on your list. It's five. Uh, <laughs> it was five. It was five. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. I got the arrow going down. Um, number two, I have Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Which was not on your list. It's, it's, oh, on, it's on the extended. It's on, it's yeah. on the extended. <laughs> yes. it, it shocked me. Yeah. For number three, I actually had The Last of Us 2. Okay. Um, also on the extended. Which was not on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I had Smash, so I was super close with that. Okay. Actually, uh, yeah, you were right on that one. I was right on that one? Yeah. yeah okay, that cool. was number four. Um, and then for number five, I had God of War. Okay. Which was on it, but not in the order. Yeah. Um, for Jenny, I got your number one right. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which I feel like anyone who knows you knew that was yeah, yeah. Number one. Yeah, for sure. Um, for number so, anyway. two, I had Hyrule Warriors, just because I thought that would be way higher than mm-hmm. what it was. Um, for number three, um, I had Animal Crossing. So it was close on that. You are really close. Um, for number four, because I knew you played a lot of it, I actually had the division two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, on the extended Then, um, uh, number five, um, uh, because I thought you had played it, but actually I don't know if you played it, um, at all or not. I, I'm had Spider-Man. I haven't played it yet. Haven't played it yet? No. Well, that would explain why it's not on your list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Division two, uh, You aren't co-talking. Who just puts anything on the rest of the game and play it. Like I said, division two, there's just, there's just a lot of... There's a lot of stuff when you get over with Division 2. Yeah. It, it almost broke our family. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it did, um, because people can't follow yeah. orders. Oh, so, my so, God. So on that, note, on that note, I'm going to... Uh, I think it was because some people are sexist. I'm just, I just think people can't follow Damn. orders. Damn. That's what it is. That's how it goes. Yeah, know? well, it was a Ubisoft game, so we would be surprised if that drew yeah, that out probably right, probably right. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, guys, and, um, you know, you've, you've got our top five, so obviously we'd like to hear from you. What's your top five? Uh, definitely let us know. Uh, send all your complaints and uh, your vehement anger, you know, let us know yeah. about that. Uh, that that helps. Or if you just completely agree, you know, uh, that'd, be, that'd be weird, honestly, uh, but, uh, but we'd accept that as well. Yeah. I do want to thank uh, Jenny, Al, and Jake uh, for their... Uh, for their fantastic uh, work on, on these podcasts and uh, for bringing uh, some really good insight into the video game world. Liddy. And uh, we are, yes, it was Liddy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're it's definitely looking Liddy. forward to, uh, to Generation 9. Uh, we're, we're, looking, we're looking pretty good on that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going we're gonna to keep doing podcasts. We're going to keep doing video game stuff. Uh, look for some stuff for Cyberpunk when it finally comes out. If it comes out before the end of the year, that'd be nice. 
Uh, but definitely uh, stay with us. Keep looking at Facebook. Keep looking at Patreon. Keep Twitter. looking at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're Instagram. going uh, on Instagram. Instagram now too. Uh, uh, so we're all over the place. Yep. So uh, definitely keep up with your uh, with your yeah. fandom correspondence. I have a few different channels um, on Twitch. Yeah, we do. We've got a few different. Yeah. And I Josh does some variety stuff. I'm playing through all the Halos. Yeah, and all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, and so uh, so yeah, we got we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, a lot of fun ways if you can uh, you can keep up with your uh, with your fandom correspondence. So we definitely, out here. We, we, we out here. We, we out, out here. here doing the thing. <laughs> we out here. Uh, yeah, we out here doing the thing. So once again, thank you for listening and uh, stay in touch. And we hope you all have a uh, good morning, afternoon, or evening, or wherever you're at. Yes.